Well, this morning we're going to talk about emotional baggage because all of us have some. Some of us are really good at hiding it and others are not so good at hiding it at all. So we're going to learn to unpack the baggage according to God's word this morning. So let's go through and on a journey through our past and review the voices that have spoken into your lives or into our lives. The fact is there have been many good words spoken into our lives, which are often more difficult to remember, but for some sick reason, it's the bad words that have been spoken over our lives that always are the easiest for us to remember. The question is, have you closed the door to those bad words spoken against you? Or in your life, have you left the doors open? Words like, I wish I never lived. I wish I had never lived. Or get out of my life. Or you're not good enough. Or you're stupid. Or I don't love you anymore. As we talk about emotional baggage, our goal will be to let the power of God silence the lies that we often believe in our minds, to silence the negative voices of the past and in return to embrace the truth of God in the present. So the big question that we need to honestly ask ourselves this morning is, what negative emotional door have we left open? Today, with the power of God, we're going to learn to close doors of negative words, things that have been spoken over our lives, we're going to open up our hearts before the Holy Spirit and identify the negativity so that we'll all know what we're doing battle against in that realm. So firstly, let's look at three negative statements that most people battle with. The first one, maybe you've heard someone say this about you or maybe their actions communicated this to you. And it's the statement that says you don't fit in or you don't belong here or you're not one of us. You don't fit in. If you've ever heard that or a variation of that or experienced actions that led towards that thought and if you are like most people, you slip into the mode of being a conformer. When you feel like you don't fit in, it's very easy to become a conformer where you try to make your actions live up to the perceived expectations of others. In the Old Testament, the reading we had today, we see a great conformer who never felt like he, he lived up to the great expectations of the people. His name was King Saul. His confession is in 1 Samuel 15, 24, which Bill read out. It said, Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. In other words, I felt like I wasn't living up to their expectations, so I conformed my actions towards what I thought they wanted. And a lot of us do that. Maybe your childhood years were similar to mine. No matter how hard I tried, I never felt like I fitted into the group that I wanted to fit into. 
For you, it could be it could have been your principles. You conformed uh, your integrity. Perhaps you compromised God's sexual standards, and in all uh, and all in the name of hoping that you would be accepted. Or you got into tobacco or you got into alcohol or drugs and possibly all sorts of other things. Just craving acceptance. Your actions cried out the phrase, please accept me. So what do grown-ups do? Now they do all sorts of things, don't they? We do all sorts of things. One common thing that we do is that we get into incredible debt, hoping that we can be liked by having material possessions so that people, so people buy things that they don't really need with money that they don't have to impress people that they don't even like. Just so we can fit in. Just so that we can conform. So let's pause and have an honest reflection at this time. How many of you would be truthful enough to admit to yourself that at some point in your life, or maybe even now, that you have battled with that statement, I don't fit in. I don't really fit in. Let's deal with another negative voice, voice number two. This one haunts me all the time. (laughs) And that's the voice that says, no matter what, you're not good enough. Or you don't measure up. Or you don't have what it takes. If you battle with the thought of not being good enough, you can easily slip into the mode of being a performer. So if you don't think, uh, like, like I said, if you think, I'm not good enough, watch me try and perform and win your love or win your approval. There's a powerful example of this in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 39, when a woman named Martha had Jesus over to her house. It says, as Jesus and the disciples were were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Which... We find out later in the story is exactly what Jesus wanted. But in verse 40, Martha misses the point and says, But Martha <coughs> was distracted. Excuse me. <coughs> Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, if you and I read between the lines, you can almost hear her logic in this. Man alive. I've got Jesus in the house. I've got to make sure everything's perfect. I've got to make sure all the kids', kids toys are all picked up. I've got to make sure that the appetizers are just right. I've got to do everything. And if I perform well enough, then maybe Jesus will accept me. You can almost hear the mentality of Martha coming out between the lines of that verse. For many of you, you felt like you're not good enough. So you work hard to try to prove something to someone or maybe even to yourself. Maybe it manifested itself in your childhood, always trying to get good grades. And if you got good grades, then you felt felt acceptance from your parents. So in your mind, a B was just as bad as an F because you didn't get the best grade. Or maybe it was with sports. Or whatever it was, you were performing. And then one day, when you're grown up, and you're still performing, 
trying to please your boss or trying to please, uh, try, trying to be that perfect wife. And if anything is not perfect, then you feel like a failure. So let's pause and have another honest reflection. How many of you would be truthful enough to admit to yourself that at some point in your life, or maybe even now, that you've battled with, I don't feel like I measure up? The third common voice is the voice that says, you are not worthy. You are not loved. You are not worthy of acceptance. Now, people who have been rejected, people who have been rejected often hear this voice regularly. Those who have been abandoned often hear this voice. Those whose dads left for another woman hear that voice or their parents divorced. And all of a sudden you wonder, did I do something wrong? If I had been better, my parents would have stayed together. And when you hear that voice of being not worthy, it's easy for you to become a clinger. Not a Klingon. That's different. But a clinger. John 4, 17, 18 tells us that Jesus was dialoguing with a woman that we could call a clinger. He said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are now the man you now have is not your husband. It's very obvious that this woman was trying to find meaning in men. When the truth of the matter is that she needed to find meaning in God's son. She was a clinger looking for validation from people. And so, so we see so many people like this today. Some of the most wonderful women Giselle and I know and are friends with cling to some of the most God-awful men, hoping to make them better. They date the bad boys and all the time they're saying, I can help make them better. I've seen men with mummy issues or mummy. I say it with a U, I'm sorry, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? I'm not talking about Egyptians. So, I've seen men with mummy issues who feel they're not worthy to do, uh, and they do exactly the same thing. They get on the internet dating sites and then they cling to someone. Because the truth of the matter is, you're sinking into a codependent lifestyle. And that lifestyle will cost you more than you ever want to pay and take you further than you ever want to go. Unless you get rid of that emotional baggage and you discover who you are in Christ. So the big question is, how do you know if you're a clinger? Well, if you've got more than three restraining orders filed against you, then you're probably a clinger. Or if you always do the callback thing, you're a clinger. Who knows what the callback thing is? That's when you talk to someone for a good 10 minutes on the phone and the conversation ends normally with goodbyes and well wishes and then you call back and say, is everything okay between us? Your voice sounded funny. If that's you, you need emotional help because you're a serious clinger. So let's pause and 
have an honest reflection, how many of you would say, be truthful enough to admit to yourself that at some point in your life, or maybe even now, that you've battled with that feeling of being unworthy or maybe unlovable? So what we want to do today is close the door on those negative words spoken over our lives and we want to open just one door, just one door, and that door is the door of truth. And that is, you are not who others say you are. You are who Christ says you are. That's the door we want to open this morning. You are not who others say you are. You are who Christ says you are. So let's look at three truths about who we are in Christ. Number one, in Christ, you need to understand that you are forgiven. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If you are in Christ this morning, you are forgiven. All of the old filth, all of the old junk, the old sin is gone, is going. It's as if it never happened. In God's eyes, it has been cast into the sea of forgetfulness. You are a brand new creation. The problem is, for so many of us, even though Christ has forgiven you, you have not forgiven yourself. And so those voices come back. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You don't deserve anything. In Christ this morning, beloved, you are forgiven. It's time to forgive yourself and move on. In Christ, not because you've earned it, not because you deserve it, but because you have been forgiven. Jesus is the ultimate good. That is why. It's because Jesus is ultimately good. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 to 8 says, In Christ, in Christ, we are set free by the blood of his death. And so we have forgiveness of sin. How rich is God's grace, which he has given to us so fully and freely. So number one, in Christ, you are forgiven. Number two, the second biblical fact is in Christ you are also secure. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 21 to 22 says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set a seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Whenever you feel insecure, Whenever you feel some negative voices, remember you are secure. Not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. In the King James Bible, it uses the word earnest for deposit. Earnest money is a term still used today in real estate contracts. It's your 5% or your 10% or your 20% deposit. It's basically promise money that will, you will come back and pay the full price of the property. So you leave earnest money. You leave a deposit. What is more interesting is how the Greeks use the, word, the Greek word for deposit. It's, it's used in connection to an engagement ring. The promise of marriage 
a deposit or a guarantee by the bridegroom to marry the bride. All throughout scripture, there are numerous references of the church, us, as the bride of Christ. And we are the bride for the coming king. He is the bridegroom. So here in scripture, it's very clear, if you understand the word deposit as engagement ring, that God left some of himself in you as a promise that he will return for you and take you where he is. So to me, that makes perfect sense because the rest of the biblical narrative testifies to this very fact that you and I are secure because you and I are in Christ. Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave lives inside of you. You are secure because you have been sealed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Whenever you hear that, whenever you hear that, and whenever you hear the words that you are not good enough and you are not worthy, just remember 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 22. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us set a seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You have been given a deposit. You have been sealed for ownership. You belong to Christ. He has placed a ring on your finger. Now I know that totally works for all the ladies in the room. But you blokes, you need to work with me on this, okay? He has put a ring on your finger. My point is, full rights, full access into the very throne room of grace. If you are a Christ follower here this morning, this scripture tells you who you are. That you are secure in Christ. You are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of his testimony. Greater is the one who lives in you than the one who lives in the world. You are secure not because of who you are, but because of whose you are. Because of who you know, because of who you follow. You are secure not because of what others think about you, but because of what God thinks about you. You have full access to the very spiritual blessings in Christ. So number one, in Christ I am forgiven. Number two, in Christ I am secure. And finally, our third biblical fact, in Christ, you are absolutely and completely free. John 8, 36. So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. When Jesus set you free, you are free from the past. You are free from the hurt. You are free from the negative words. You are free from those voices that continue to haunt you. You are free from the addictions that once once used to hold you down. You are free from the baggage that slowed you down. In Christ, you are free. You are free to be everything that Christ created you to be. 
You are free from the negative words that people said about you and you are free to be all that Christ calls you to be this morning. My reputation and my name are not something that I have to guard. I lay it down. God's reputation is the only name at stake this morning. And he is good enough and he is big enough to guard that reputation all day long. I don't have to carry the burden of what people think about me anymore as long as Christ says to me, well done. And that, my friends, makes me free. I am free. But here's where the discipline comes in this morning. This is the work we have to do. Here's where the work comes in. I'm tempted to slip back into believing those negative things. But I grab those thoughts and I take them captive and make them obedient to Christ. In him, you are free. So there will be times those negative words will haunt you. Words like, you're a failure. You're no good. I wish I never had you. You're not good enough. You don't measure up. You don't belong here. You're not worthy. And on and on and on it goes. You need to slam the door shut this morning. In Christ, you are forgiven. You are secure. You are free this morning. Whenever those negative voices begin to play, remember who you are in Christ. So today is about silencing the voices. We're going to close the door to the words that are not true. Because you are not who other people say about you. You are who Christ says you are. Close the door to the painful words. Don't listen to the voices that are not true. In Christ you are forgiven. In Christ you are secure. In Christ you are free. Close the door to those words that are not true this morning. You are not who others say you are. You are only who God says you are. And that's why you only leave one door open. And that is the door of life. Leave the baggage behind because in Christ you are forgiven. You are secure. You are set free. So as the music plays softly, let's join our hearts together this morning in this place for prayer. Let's bow our heads. Let's quieten our hearts. And let's pray. God, we ask that in your holy presence this morning, you would do a healing work in a way that only you can do. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And as we reflect on what we are, have been talking about this morning, there are those who, of you who are carrying emotional baggage and it's time to be healed this morning. Do you realise that you can never have the relational riches and the intimacy with God or with his people as long as as you believe the lies. Maybe you hear these, those voices that you're not good enough, that you don't measure up, that you don't fit in, that you're not worthy, that you're dirty, that you're on and on and on and on it goes. You need to replace those lies with the truth this morning. 
get into God's word, let the power of his word wash those lies away. And so all across this place, those of you that would say, it's just so hard, it's just so difficult, it's so easy to believe the lies, it's so hard to believe what's true. Pastor Neil, would you just pray for me? Pray for me to be healed of this emotional baggage. I've got some wrong mindsets. I've got some emotional baggage. I want to be free. God, please set me free. If that's your prayer here this morning, I'd be honoured to pray for you right now. Just lift your hand right now across this. Amen. Honest heart. You just want to indicate your faith before God. Amen. Amen. Just be honest. Just be real. That's what it's all about this morning. Amen. If you lifted your hand, please stand, leave your seat and come to the front. I would just love to pray with you. So as you come in Christ, you are forgiven. So forgive yourself. In Christ, you are secure. So relax into the security of Christ. In Christ, you are free. No force on earth has the power to hold you down. No devil from hell has the, any power over you this morning. You are free. He who Jesus sets free is free indeed. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are an overcomer, not by your own power, but by the power of the blood of the Lamb, by the word of God's testimony in you. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper because greater is Jesus in you than he that is in the world. So believe who Jesus says you are this morning, beloved. You are special. You are loved. And Christ, in Christ, you are a child of God. So let's pray. Father God, I just thank you right now. Formed you. I made you the way I wanted you to be. And I did all of this because I love you.
person with emotional needs, God, including myself, that you would forgive us for focusing on what which is not true. God, give us the wisdom to focus on your truth. God, help us even to release those who have hurt us. Help us to forgive them. Not only to forgive others, but to forgive ourselves as well. God, help us not to see ourselves as others see us. But help us to see ourselves as you see us. God, replace the lies with your truth. And we pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.